Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast for me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could charge me $100 a gallon for gas, and I'll say, hey, that's fair to me. <laughs> My guest today <laughs> is a comedian, actress, YouTube star, TV host, author. Her new book, Be a Triangle, is out April 5th. It's Lily Singh. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, 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 hi. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm already obsessed with your energy, so this is going to be great. Oh, boy. I have truly the most energy. I die every night. I'm so tired all the time. I (laughs) relate. People look at me strangely. You know, they're like, what is your deal? Like, they probably think I'm on a lot of things, but this is just me. This is just me. Yeah. People a lot will be like, so, like, do you drink during the day? And I'm like, oh, no. this This is my... This is my normal. So drinking is, you know, a little amped yeah, up. Absolutely there. Right there with you. I, I get a lot of the, like, squinty-eyed, like, so what is your secret to success? <laughs> They're expecting me to, like, reveal something. Like, no, this is just me. This is just yeah. who I am. This is it, baby. Um, so uh, this is this is April 1st. Obviously, we're recording a little bit before April 1st, but, you know, it's, it's April Fool's Day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> April Fool's. And... This is kind of my birthday, to be honest, because Wait, really? everything in my life is... Co- no, but just everything in my life oh. is a joke. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel like I stopped celebrating April Fool's Day as a child. Do people still do this in adulthood? 
People do. And I don't know okay. if I've told this story on this podcast, but Sashir Zameda, one of my dear, dear friends, she's my best fucking friend. I don't know why I'm <laughs> pretending like I have other friends. Um, she came to my job. I was working at the UCB theater at their training center. She came in and she said, Nicole, um, I'm like really nervous. And I was like, wait, what happened? She was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh no. Cause like I knew who she was dating at the time and it was an, oh no. Oh no, it was a situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been fine. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I will come with you. We will figure this out. If you want to have it, I'll help you raise it. And then she was like, April fools. And I was like, I'll kill you. I'll literally murder you. This was, I, oh, she got me good. It was really awful. Absolutely how someone could be murdered. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. But also, like, what a good person you are. If anything, I've learned that you're just a great person. I will help you raise it. Girl, that is a commitment. I, in that moment, I was like, if she needs me to babysit while she goes on voiceover auditions to be the new voice of Verizon or whatever we were trying to do at the time, I will be there. I will help her. She can take her own baby while I'm auditioning. I was like, Damn. we're going to be parents. <laughs> you were going to help her get those Verizon bags. That's a good friend. You know, I was trying. I was like, you know, we've got some big auditions coming up and maybe mm-hmm. they'll work out and we can take care of this baby. Look at you now taking over the world. Oh, trying. So have you been April Fooled? I honestly don't remember the last. I get April Fool. You know how like brands always come through on April Fools and they're like, mm-hmm. LOL, LOL, our new sandwich is made just of gold. Like stupid. <laughs> like I believe that every single time. So my favorite brands are out here fooling me. But otherwise, no. You know the thing with brown people is like, we're too scared of playing pranks on each other because yeah. we believe in karma and we believe in like just bad things coming around <laughs> to us. So my parents would never play a prank on us because they'd be like, oh, touch black now, touch black, touch wood, knock on wood. <laughs> um, okay, tell me about your new book, which is coming mm-hmm. out April 5th. It's called Be a Triangle. Hell yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. I will, I will tell you a little bit about it. So, I, you know, like a lot of people, I had a rough pandemic. I think most people can relate to this feeling of being like, mm-hmm. what is my life? What even happened? I don't know who I am. Uh, I I went to a really deep kind of dark place where it was beyond just my schedule being empty and me being mm-hmm. bored. I really felt like I lost value. I was like, oh, if I don't work, then I'm not worth anything. Mm. And I actually am ceasing to exist as a human being. That's how I felt, truly. And I realized that's because I associate my value with external things with work and Mm -hmm. with traveling and with awards and all this other stuff. And with all that stuff gone, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a shell of a human. So Be a Triangle was my attempt to do the work that I never was encouraged to do as a kid to really figure out, like, what do I care about? Not what people tell me to care about, but what do I care about? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go in life? And the reason I called it Be a Triangle was because I, I, I concluded I needed a strong foundation in life. And structurally the strongest shape in the world is a triangle Mm -hmm. because of its strong foundation. So I thought I'm going to build my life like a triangle. And so that's where Be a Triangle came from. I love it because triangles are sturdy. The pyramids have been around for That's a minute. That's what I'm saying. And guess what's leaning? The Tower of Pisa. <laughs> so. The proof is there. 100%. <laughs> and I had a lot of people be like, are you sure you want to call the book Be a Triangle? It's kind of confusing. I'm like, no. Be a Triangle. I'm dying on this hill. <laughs> That's what I want to communicate. It's Be a Triangle. We'll figure it out. And so it's kind of like a deep spiritual book but let let me just be real with you Nicole it's not like you have to do these 50 things now to be a better person because who has time for that not me nobody it's 
it's about organizing what's already there. So it's about like your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. your relationship with the universe, how you view things that are already there. It's not a whole bunch of work. It's just thinking about things differently. I think that's very helpful for people to just like, I mean, that's what my therapy is for me. It's just like, mm-hmm. we're not trying to change you. We're trying to get you to accept yourself and think of things a different way or try to right. approach something a different way. So I love that. I think that's great. Thanks. I Thank love that you. you're just documenting personal growth. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not even going to say because of the industry we're in. I'm like, I know you mm-hmm. know it can be crazy. You can have days where you're like, this is the best day ever because uh-huh. things are going well. And then the next day it's like, oh, I'm actually, I've just hit rock bottom because everything <laughs> fell apart. But I think that's for most people is we we just go in whatever direction life kind of pulls us in. And so this is my attempt to being like, no matter what happens tomorrow, I have a place to return to spiritually that will not be impacted by the successes and the failures and all the other stuff. I love that because I do personally, my mood is affected by what's going on in my life. And when mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not doing anything, I'm sad. And Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I'm not creative. And it's like, bitch, you are creative. You are busy. You're just not mm-hmm. at this moment. Exactly. We're, we're, we we love to define ourselves so easily. Like, you're this, this, and this based on this, this, and this that's happening. We don't give ourselves enough grace, honestly. I've concluded we do not give ourselves enough grace. We don't let ourselves be human. I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I've just been, like, breaking down everything I do by myself. And I'm like, it is a lot. And mm-hmm. I could use help. And that would be beneficial to my life just to have a little mm-hmm. bit of help. And right. that's a hard thing to do, to be like, oh, I don't, I can't do all this by myself anymore. I'm tired. Because you have to let go of control then. And that's, mm-hmm. who wants to do that? Oh. Who wants to let go of control? Who wants to, are you ready for this? Compromise. Oh, God. This, it's, it scares me. I mean, it is scary. Like, saying it out loud, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to compromise because yeah. I'm used to doing things a certain way mm-hmm. and used to feeling a certain way. And, oh, boy. Yeah. We huh. le- everyone learns to compromise because they have reached their breaking point. That's the reality. <laughs> That's when I learned to compromise. It wasn't because one day I was enlightened and I was like, you know what? This uh, I was like, no, I'm actually I'm I'm a, my legs came off. So now I need to compromise because I cannot carry on. I cannot carry on doing what I've been doing. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes. Maybe I gotta read your book. Yeah, you, I'm t- and it's short and it's cute and has illustrations. It's not to love. I'm putting on the hard sell here, baby. I love audience. This. It's short, sweet. The front's got a foil design. Production value. Come on, come <laughs> on. People, when I released my book, they were like, "Huh, it's a lot of it's a lot of pictures." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'm a visual person, and yeah. you don't want to read my writing. It's all over the place." Also, like. I don't think this gets talked about enough. Books are hard. They're so hard. This is my second book. And after my first book, I was like, this is never going to happen. I'm never (laughs) doing this again. (laughs) And then when they came around and asked me about the second book, of course, it was a pandemic. So I was like, oh, of course I'll do this. I got pushed into a corner. Life cornered me. They bullied you. Yeah. Books are hard. Yeah, truly. I just it was truly wild trying to like write it and fly around and do shows and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I have a a deadline where I have to fucking turn in something. And it's like, Uh, what am I I turning in? That's what it feels like. It does feel like school. Yeah. And but you know what I will say? And then I'll and then I'll shut up about this because I really do believe this. 
out of everything I've ever done in my entire life, and I swear, I'm being so genuine. This is not even for promo. I don't even care. <laughs> this book has helped me more than anything else I've ever done in my life. Uh, so I actually feel like it was not a waste of time, energy at all. Mm-hmm. It, I, the things I write about in my book, I use every day-ish in my meditation. Like, it has actually helped me so, so much. Wait, you meditate? I do. I, I have to. I have to. <sighs> Meditating so scary to me because I'm like, uh-oh. Like, think of nothing. But people have been like, no, it's not that. It's like, you just like yeah, let the thoughts come. But then I'm like, if I let the thoughts come, then I'll start thinking. And then and then That's who knows okay. where I'll be? Can I, can I offer you a reframing of mind that helped me? Yes. It's not, it's, you're absolutely right. Everything you said is correct. But for me, meditation, all it is is spending quality time with myself. Ooh, baby, yeah. I love so that. So I have learned that it's a, if you think about things and you can't stop, it's okay. As long as you are listening to yourself, you're making time for yourself, and you're valuing that relationship you have with yourself, then it's fine. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. So you did— Wisdom, baby, wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) You got your start on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. And what led you to YouTube? I'll be real. When I started YouTube in 2010, I had no plans of it going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I was not out here like, I'm going to be a YouTube sensation and this is going to be my (laughs) career. No. I had just discovered YouTube. I saw people making just, like, straight-to-camera videos Mm -hmm. in their houses talking about whatever they want. And I thought, this is really cool. And I'll be real. I was really sad at that time. You know, I was getting a degree in psychology. I was doing whatever everyone else wanted me to do. Uh I was doing... Everything my parents wanted me to do, I was following my sister's footsteps. I was not passionate about any of it. And YouTube for me was just like, oh, I get to be creative and do what I want to do. That's what was appealing to me about it. And then I built a community and I built an audience and I, I got obsessed with just how creative it let me be. Mm-hmm. And so one video led to another and to another. And it snowballed into this career that I am not at all prepared for <laughs> and did not study for. And I didn't even know how to use a camera or edit or write a single thing. And I just taught myself all of it. That's truly incredible. Like, I feel like when people ask me for advice, they're like, well, how do I how do I do entertainment? I'm like, you just got to fucking do it and figure out what what you want to say and how you want to do it. And I feel like we're in like such a like a golden age of like there's so much fucking content. So Mm -hmm. like and there's people looking for it. Absolutely. So yeah, I always tell people too. Like, I know it can feel like things are so saturated right now. Like, how can I make something new when so much stuff already exists? A big part of what I did, if it can be of any advice, is just to like break the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I came up on YouTube, a place where there's no gatekeepers whatsoever, and I would have never gotten into this industry if I went through the traditional route of a casting agent. And I lived in—I was born in Canada, Toronto. You know, I wasn't <laughs> even in the in the center of entertainment. And so I'd say, just break the rules. Think of your own way of doing things. And, and take that path. Um, you are were you, you're the first woman to have a late night talk show. Yes, I no, not the first woman. The first woman in thirty over thirty years. Okay, and the first. These are all those technicalities uh-huh. to the headline. It's the first South Asian woman and the first openly queer woman. Ah, so there was a okay. woman of color, like I think, thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first woman in thirty years. In thirty, in 30 years, years, we couldn't find another. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> such a fucking long time. I mean, I know, but still, that's like really fucking incredible. And that went for two seasons, correct? It did. It did. It went for two seasons, and I just did a TED talk about the experience of being a late night show host. Yes. Um, and I'll say this, it has taught me so, so much disclaimer, disclaimer, grateful, grateful, so, so good. But also it was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done. That first season of Late Night was 
pretty torturous, to mm-hmm. be honest. It was emotionally, spiritually, physically more draining than anything else I've ever done. I think it's really interesting when, how do I phrase this? When you have dreams and mm-hmm. dreams are achieved and the dream achieved is not what you expected it to be and and doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily as easy as you thought it would be. And mm-hmm. you're like, fuck, is this yeah. what I actually fucking wanted? Like everything is a double-edged sword. I've yes. like, but you know what the crazy thing about this is, Nicole? So I'm gonna be really honest with you. My dream was always to get into entertainment. Mm-hmm. My dream was never to be a late night host. Okay. And I always tell people when they approached me, many people asked me in interviews, did you w- grow up watching late night? Mm-hmm. And I always very honestly <laughs> tell them, no, I did not. Uh-huh. Because my parents never watched late night. Because my immigrant Indian parents would never understand any of Jimmy or Seth's or other Jimmy's point of views. They just wouldn't. Yeah. They would not relate to that. And so I didn't say yes to that opportunity because it was a huge dream of mine. Mm-hmm. The real reason was I was like, yo, over 30 years and I could make history here and I could help pave the path for someone else. I have to say yes to this because it could easily go to someone else where this history is not made. Mm-hmm. And so I felt the pressure of paving the path for a community. What I was naive about was that that feeling would help me through seasons and seasons of just Uh like labor because it would not it would not if you're not passionate about it it's really really hard to pull those all-nighters and put in that work you know yeah I feel like if you're not passionate about your job just in general then that's what it becomes it becomes like a job and you're like fuck when is this gonna end I don't want to do this yeah and you don't want to think like that about a job Uh that's literally 14 hours a day Mm -hmm. for like three months that has no resources that's a tough (laughs) that's a tough situation to be in where was nbc i mean i don't want to i don't want you to bite the hand that feeds you because i don't Mm -hmm. think that's fair um Mm -hmm. so we can you know cut into this or whatever but uh did was did nbc push back on like creative or things that you wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. yeah no, no, I was going to say, no, oh. I appreciate this question. I appreciate you giving me out, but I won't take the out. I'll really honestly answer this because I think it's an important... You don't have to edit this out. I think this is an important conversation. I have to give a huge shout out to NBC because they did try something new. They mm-hmm. did be like, we want a new voice. The issue is not necessarily with NBC. The issue is with the greater system of how these network shows function, of that the 1.30 a.m. time slot show is given the 1.30 a.m. budget. Now, that mm-hmm. doesn't work when you're trying to champion a new voice because mm-hmm. when you're trying to get the audience used to something new, you need a bigger budget. You need at least to be on par with the shows in the time slots right before you. You know what I mean? If I'm being compared to Jimmy and Seth and, and my budget is one twentieth of what mm-hmm. their budget is like. That's a tough position to be in. So I think it's shoutouts for trying to raise a new voice, but the system is not set up for that voice being supported, and that's where the issue is. Mm-hmm. That is interesting because, yeah, it's like if you are trying new things, you do need a little bit more money because it's like and it's not even money. It's like the money also is like okay, so we have a little bit of money, so that means we have to shoot ninety six episodes in three months. So that means that my show was the only show during a global pandemic (gasps) that was not talking about the pandemic because it was pre-taped episodes because we had to shoot like that. So it's like that's also not great for a show. Then it even goes to like the media. So often in like news coverage roundups, my take would be excluded from those roundups. Even if it was like about women's issues, it could literally be a topic and they would have like all the other male late night hosts and their Mm -hmm. takes. 
So there's a little bit of the system is broken when it comes to championing new voices. I mean, thank you for speaking to that because yeah. it is like it is a uh, it is a touchy subject criticizing your employer, being mm-hmm. thankful while also being like there it, nothing it, it, like everything wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I still have a, a first look deal with Universal. I still really love everyone I worked with, but. I feel like it is my job, being who I am, to be like, I need to show you where the system is not working. Or else, what would I be doing to Mm -hmm. ever progress this forward? You know, and it's not even coming from a place of like, I hate them and I'm bitter. No, it's a, Mm -hmm. I want us all to be better. Yeah, let's all rise up and fucking, you know, figure this shit out. Yeah, so it's not another 30, 100 years before (laughs) the next one comes through. Uh, Real quick, we have to take a break. Okay, we love breaks. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho. 
without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And oh, we're back. Um, so this is a love and relationship podcast. Ooh. I am on the apps, and <laughs> I just am exhausted. That's which yeah. apps are you on though? Tell me, break it down. Oh, baby, she's on Tinder. She's mm-hmm. on. Well, I ended my Raya membership because I was like, what's the point of paying all this money for nothing? Mm-hmm. Hinge, okay, mm-hmm. Cupid, um, Coffee Meets Bagel. I got back on, even though I do not like it. Never even heard of some of these. Bumble. Well, okay. Oh, are you, have you never been on the apps? I have. I've never heard of Coffee Meets Bagel. It's dumb. You got to get <laughs> beans to spend beans. What? I don't fucking know. Sounds like. What's that? What's the Farmville? Is that the? That's what it sounds like. It does sound a little bit like Farmville. It's like I'm harvesting my beans to <laughs> find a man. Uh, yeah, it sucks. So wait, what apps were you on? So I've tried Tinder. I've tried Bumble. I've tried Raya. Here's the thing about Raya. Let, let me just break this down real <laughs> quick. Raya is the industry. Yeah app where you have to be like somehow connected to the industry you have to be accepted it's Uh it's very exclusive you have to be accepted but here's the thing you will match with no one on raya raya Mm -hmm. is a status symbol no one is swiping through so i have learned that when i was on raya what was really successful for me was if you pay a dollar 99 you can direct message people and you don't have to match with them it goes directly into their inbox so if you're willing to just make it rain two dollars you will actually connect with people that is That's the way to do it. it? Mm-hmm. $2? $2. The choice is yours. But otherwise, I always tell people, if you're just trying to match with people by swiping on Raya, pfft, no, that's not going to happen. The last time I matched with someone on Raya was a couple months ago, and or maybe it was like sometime last year, and we exchanged, I think, two or three messages, and they were a business owner, and I told them that I liked their business and I frequented it, mm-hmm. and then they un matched me and i was like but why what kind of customer service is this right i was like the customer's always right yeah and also like here's the thing about raya as well is that let's be real they're all industry people you can't use your phone in soho house that's where they're all at (laughs) that's why raya's not (laughs) popping wait you can't use your phone in soho house I, i i don't like soho house because every time i've gone there for meetings i don't have a soho house membership i'm not i'm not that fabulous but you go there to take meetings you're not allowed to use your phone one time i walked in there i took out my phone to be like hey i can't find you where are you they said i had to go outside I was like, what? I, I, this is counterproductive. I'm trying to find someone inside here. Wait, that's fully insane. Now I'm looking yeah. up the Soho house because yeah. I need to know how much the membership oh, is. And you have to be accepted as well. You don't just play. You, 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 don't just play. you have to be like, I'm submit you why you are worthy of Soho house. Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. This is nuts. Okay, so if you don't know, Soho house is this fucking place in like... <laughs> West Hollywood. There's multiple all over the world. Yeah, there's one in, I think Soho, New York is where it like originated. There's a Venice one too. Yeah. So like, okay, so here's their, we bring creative people together from around the world. So you like apply for this global fucking membership where you can go to different Soho houses and they have like uh, 
they have like a pool and a restaurant and people do mm-hmm. meetings Drinks, there. salads, more salads. No phones, though. Wait, this is so insane. So you could get a different... So there's Soho Friends membership that uh, you get access to studios. Members only bedrooms. Sounds kinky. <laughs> and then there's a workspace one. Mm-hmm. And then there's cities without membership. Join a creative community. Mm-hmm. What is that? So if you live in a place where there's no Soho house, you can get a membership for what? Yeah. For when you travel. It's it's all bougie. And, and because of this podcast now, neither of us will ever get a membership. <laughs> 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 and that's just what it is. This is so funny. Okay. I'm looking. Okay. Look, every house... I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. This is what this podcast is about. Me trying to get into the Soho house. Okay, I'm not under 27. How would I like to pay? Annually. Okay, or, calculate. Or never. <laughs> How much is it? Do you see a price? This is $4,243.63. And then a one-time registration fee of six hundred and eighty-nine dollars. No, 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 Lily. No, 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 no. I that is. Full you need to take I'm, that money. Think about how many direct messages on Raya you could send with that amount of money. <laughs> I could send four thousand direct. Me- oh wait, no, two thousand. Two thousand direct messages if it's two dollars. Just divide that bitch in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I am literally floored. Mm-hmm. $4,000, nothing is worth $4,000 a year nothing. just to go to. Nothing. Because you still have to pay for the food. Absolutely. William. Okay, but wait, let's rewind for a second. Let's rewind for a second here. Tell me about the dating app experience. Like, what is the, okay. what is the vibe? What's the situation? <laughs> we got derailed. Um, so lately on uh, all of the apps, gentlemen, people, uh, ladies, people have been reaching out and being like, Hi. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, if you're reaching out, why not say more? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hello, I went fishing today. What did you do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know what anybody it's does. because they're half shooting their shot, hoping that you shoot your shot instead of them having to shoot their shot. You know, I feel like everyone's just putting forth a very mediocre effort to to date. Correct. I feel like during the pandemic, people were like, I need to find love. I am so fucking lonely and isolated. And now that it's still going on, but we are coming out of it a little bit, people are like, I don't fucking care. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to fuck. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, dating apps are not great. They're not great. No. They're really awful. It's the opening lines. It's either it's all or nothing. It's either the extreme of like, here is my body or it's, <laughs> or it's, hi. Yeah. Hey. There is a man on Twitter. Oh, who... no, girl. You trying to meet people on Twitter, girl? That's a whole different thing. No, I just really love him. He'll say things like, I want to sit on your face or I want to stick it in your butt. And they're so, like, bold and brazen. And I'm just like, I fuck with that. That's because it's a 10-year-old in his mom's basement. That's why. That's oh why he's Oh, my God. Bold. Do you think it's a child? I mean, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope not. Also, this person, they're, like, a little creepy. They have, like screenshots of like videos where they're like kind of grainy and they're like you look good here oh, and I'm damn. like oh, oh my god am I like your spank bank this is, you're like um sir this is me in my living room from 20 minutes ago how did you get this <laughs> are you outside my home <laughs> that's sweet 
I would not like a stalker just specifically because like I don't have the bandwidth. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's like, oh my God, you're outside my house again. Yeah. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. calling the fucking cops. Yeah. And the cops won't do anything also. No. That's the sad part. And then you're going to, and my studio's falling apart. Sorry, one second. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're going to have to be like, oh, he was threatening me. Stalkers are a lot. They're too much work. And have you had one? I've, I've had my. I've had my experiences with some stalkers. I don't I don't usually talk about them publicly because I don't want to encourage people to sure. do this type of whack stuff, you okay. know? But I've had my fair share of situations where I'm just like, you really learn, again, talking about broken systems, mm-hmm. there's not many resources for someone being stalked. Interesting. Unless you're like, yeah, they put a gun to my head. Oh, God. No one will take you seriously beyond that, truly. I don't want that. That's what I'm I saying. can't imagine... Someone putting a gun to my head. That, like, that's not my vibe. And that's, like, not what I'm going for. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fair. You know what? Fair. Okay. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. So when you were, like, coming up and, like, blossoming, because you have, like, a huge following on Instagram, and you are, like, legit very famous, (laughs) did you ever have, like... Old people be like, I don't know who you like, like dismiss your success because it was made in a non-traditional route. Um, I still have that till this day. Even till this day, I'll see comments being like, oh, my God, but what do you even do? What are you known for? Like, how did you because people can't comprehend the come up. It's like if you didn't come up through a movie or TV, then so I still get that till this day. Um, and, And that's just a product of being from the digital space, honestly, is that till this day, people don't want to give credit to people that did it themselves because they don't think that's valid. Interesting. And to them, I say, I'm too busy to reply to you because I have 16 projects I'm working on. So. <laughs> Which is one of them is the new Muppets project for Disney+. Yes, Plus. That's baby. fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope. So are you like a big Muppet head? So I'm going to be honest here again. I'm, I'm much more familiar with the Muppets than I was with late night TV. I've okay. shot with the Muppets before as well. Um, I did grow up with them. But what I like about this is that it's there's like four humans in the show. I'm one of the humans. And mm-hmm. it's like I've never seen the Muppets with a very diverse cast, to be honest, before. Aww. So I feel like it's kind of cool to be involved in this. Um, and this is a fun fact. The first thing top left on my vision board is Disney+. Plus. Really? You have like a like a actual vision board? So girl, let me break this down for you. So <laughs> I'm so serious about manifestation and visions. My and I'm not this is not a joke. This is just a fact. My vision board is in my shower. Wait, really? It is. So last year, I didn't feel like I manifested enough. I didn't feel like I connected with my goals because my vision board was in the back of my closet. Because vision boards are not the most aesthetically pleasing. My home is full of neutrals. And I was like, this can't be on the wall. Somewhere's going to F up the vibe. So I put it in my closet. Didn't see it. And I was like, this is not Mm going to work. This is not going to work. So I taped it to the outside of the glass wall in my shower. So now every day-ish, when I take a shower... I stare at my vision board, and it has worked wonders. I feel like I've manifested so many things since January. Interesting. So I used to write all my goals in my, uh, like, planner, my day planner, Mm -hmm. but then I have since transitioned to the fucking 21st century, whatever century we're in, 22nd? What century is this? I don't know how that works. I don't know how this works. I don't know how it works. I don't know what century we're in. Oh, no. (laughs) And this is where I lose my mind. I just spiral out. I'm like, I don't know what time is. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I started doing like a digital, like a Google fucking calendar. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I don't want to write my goals in it because it's a shared calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll write down my goals and like, 
put them in my wallet or something. Yeah. Or honestly, why I like the vision board, I mean, to each their own, whatever works for you, but I like seeing the things. Mm. So I would like Photoshop myself into scenarios I want to be in. So I can actually see myself there. We got Photoshop. Go, you can get a 30 day trial. I don't even know how to photo. I guess I could figure it out. You don't have to do it well. You could <laughs> cut and print and cut and paste then. You know, whatever you need to mm-hmm. do. Okay, so who's your favorite Muppet? Ooh, I've shot with Miss Piggy before, and she's kind of queen. I love Miss Piggy. She's I a think queen. She's... She serves. She's got the attitude. So iconic. I love that she bosses around Kermit. Are they still together? I don't know. But having said that, I also really like Kermit. The Kermit meme was one of my favorites. <laughs> That's none of my business. That uh-huh. was one of my favorite moments in internet culture, for sure. For sure. That is funny. I feel like Kermit was just on, I can, no, the fucking mass Singer? Probably. Where are they not? I don't, I don't know. The Muppets are everywhere. I That's exciting. I love that you manifested the fucking Muppets, baby. I did, baby. I did. Okay, you're also a founding member of LA women's soccer team, Angel FC. Yes. So there is a women's soccer club in LA now called Angel City. And there's a bunch of dope investors that founded it. So it's like Natalie Portman, Serena Williams, like dope, dope people. Um, and altogether, we are just supporting this team. And the season starts the end of next month. So I'm super hype about it. So wait, do you play soccer? Oh, hell no. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not good at sports. So I figured the way to uh-huh. get involved is to be a part owner of a sports team as opposed to being oh, on the field. Oh, I get it. An mm-hmm. owner of the team. I yes. was confused. Yes. <laughs> I love watching soccer because it seems fun. But, like, it's not for me. It's a lot of running. I feel oh, yeah. like I would be winded. I quit smoking <sighs> January 3rd. It's mm-hmm. a struggle every day. But, like, I think my lungs would still be like, bitch, this is hard. <laughs> Here's the thing. If I would be good at soccer if there was no running and mm-hmm. no stamina. If yeah. it was just the kicking, I feel like aim I can handle. It's the endurance that I'm not confident mm-hmm. in. You know? You feel me? Oh, absolutely. The endurance is something that, like, I genuinely, truly believe would kill me. Absolutely. I would die. Correct. Lily, can I ask, are you single, taken, or care not to share? I care not to share. And I'll tell you why. Every part of my life is on the internet, and there are some things where I'm like, I don't need y'all's opinion about this one. (laughs) Mm, This I love. Yes. I could use some boundaries. <laughs> yes, my therapist says they're called boundaries. In my last session, my therapist enlightened me. And she said, are you ready for this, Nicole? She said something crazy to me. Because I was talking to her about this interview I did and mm-hmm. how this interviewer like came out of left field with this question that I was so unprepared for. And my therapist said, are you ready for this? You know you could say that you don't want to answer. And I was like, what? Lily? I have choices? <laughs> Lily, this is something that I uh, deal with constantly. Yeah. Sometimes people blindside me with a question mm-hmm. and I go, um, 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 until I answer it. Mm-hmm. And then later go, oh, can they take that out? Yeah, and oh, 100%. And I've learned that they'll never take it out. They'll say, you have no, to address thank you. it in the moment. And I'm sure you yeah. can relate to this. As a, as a woman that is also a minority, I always will get the tough questions. You know, we, mm-hmm. for Canada's Got Talent, for I'll give you the tea here. For Canada's Got Talent, I'm a judge on Canada's Got Talent, <laughs> and it's me, it's Howie Mandel, it's Trish Stratus, and it's Cardinal Fischel. And 
I am, you know, one of the only two people of color and I'm the only mm-hmm. woman of color on that show. And so I got prepped for these interviews and they're like, this is going to be easy peasy. They're going to ask you about some of the acts. It's going to be super, super fun. I'm like, cool. Second question in first interview. What are your thoughts on the hijab band? The hijab band that's happening. And I was like, it's not that I don't think this is important. I would love to have a critical conversation. Mm -hmm. But this outlet where I have 30 seconds to answer and it's in between us talking about dog acts and like (laughs) other things is not the place that I feel we can do justice for this topic. So it's not that I'm trying to like skirt and I don't want to talk about important things. It's just I want that conversation to be set up for success. But it never occurred to me that I could say that until my therapist was like, you have... A, you can draw a boundary. And uh-huh. I was like, what are those? But I feel like as a lady identifying person, mm-hmm. when you put up a boundary and go, oh, I don't care to share or I don't care mm-hmm. to answer that, people kind of like blink at you. And then you're like, oh, shit, am I an asshole? 100%. Am I a bitch? And then you self doubt that. See, I've gotten good at boundaries. I haven't gotten good at that second part because 100% mm-hmm. after I set a boundary, I'm like, I'm a mean person. Am I mean? Should mm-hmm. I apologize? Should I apologize <laughs> for the boundary? <laughs> I think so. I don't shake hands anymore because I, I actually don't see the point of it. Like mm-hmm. we're joining hands for what? Who feels better? Yeah. Do we know each other more? Are we happier? What? Who fucking cares? So when people stick their hand out, I like raise mine and go, "Don't do that anymore!" And I'm like, "Ah!" And then they're like, ha, 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 "I probably shouldn't do it either." And I'm like, "Yeah, we made a joke." But I have not figured out how to go. I don't want to answer that. Yeah. I just, ugh. Maybe I should just do that. 100%. It's hard. It is. It's very, very hard. Real quick, we have to take another break. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. What's one of the worst acts you've seen on Canada's Got Talent? <laughs> so it's premiering. Um, it, well, this comes out on the first. It premiered on March 22nd. So I can say that some of the acts that were really tough, and I'm going to be real with you, girl. It, it, the hardest part of being a judge is you see some people up on that stage who have hard lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the single mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the person who's blind. It's the person who's like has such a challenging time, but it's like a beautiful story of perseverance. Mm-hmm. But then they start doing their act and you're like, oh, it's, it's not good. It's bad. It's not good. That's uh-huh. the toughest part. It's like having to tell someone like, I think you're so strong and you're so awesome and I'm sorry your life has had this experience, but... I'm going to now X you and you cannot move forward. Is like a t- so I've seen, we've Ooh, seen some way. we've seen some bad comedians. We've seen some singers that Ooh. was just like we've seen some talents where I'm like, how did you even know this was a talent? Like it's so random. You're breaking things on your foot. Like what? How? Why? That's I never thought of that aspect where it's like because you like see the packages and you're like, oh yeah, that is sad. But well, then to actually, be imper- we don't. Oh yeah, you don't. Did you know that the judges? We don't know anything about the person coming on stage. Oh. They don't tell us anything. We're seeing it for the first time. Damn. So in real time, you're seeing us be put together like this person could probably really use our support. But is their talent worthy of the support? Ooh, wait. I feel like I'd spend a lot of time being like, okay, so like, I'll be your friend, yeah. but like, uh, you can't sing again. Please never sing again. The first episode, straight up me beating around all of the bushes. <laughs> I was like, you, you listen, I think you're so great. And honestly, like, I would love to hire you. My, In fact, I will pay you for my next party. <sighs> Unfortunately, you will not move forward because of me. But also, I want to be your friend. And I'll just follow you on Instagram right now. Like, 100% doing all of that. But then I got used to learning, like, no, you need to believe in what you say. And you, again, boundaries. goes back to boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, judged a couple episodes of Drag Race and... In the moment when someone hasn't done a great job, you're like, huh, I can't look this person in the eyes and be like, bad. Yeah. Just bad. There's Uh nothing redeemable about you. So you like have to think and be like, well, what is a kind thing I can say Mm -hmm. before I say something maybe like destroying? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I... I could never go on one of those shows. It's tough. It is really tough. Something I learned from Howie, because Howie's a little bit ruthless. He will just straight up destroy (laughs) people's dreams on that stage. But what I learned was that actually to give them critical feedback that can actually use and implement to improve Mm -hmm. themselves is actually the nicest thing you can do to help someone. Because the cool thing is we had so many acts come back being like, I actually got rejected several times before. And then their Mm -hmm. acts were amazing. Because of those rejectment, those instances of getting rejected. So that's what I tell myself, at least, that I'm helping people by giving them criticism. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're doing the Lord's work. Just being like, here's some constructive criticism. Try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're trying. 
Um, okay. I need some constructive criticism about my dating life. Okay. So my profile currently has, I haven't done this in a while. So we'll do my Tinder. My Tinder has, okay, hold on. Let me find it. Okay. So it's just like a cute little picture of me outside, uh, like outside. I'm wearing like a cute little outfit. Cute, cute. Um, one where I'm squatting to show my butt. As you should, as God intended. Me doing a split on a hot dog held by Guy Fieri, just so the people know, you know, she's fun. And she's famous. Got you. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, so then I have a, a mirror selfie with my hair mm-hmm. done, wearing a Home Alone shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a picture of me holding a dog because, you know, my dog is very, very of course, cute. Absolutely part of the relationship. Right? And it's like, you're going to have to meet him. You're going to have mm-hmm. to get along with him. Absolutely. And so I have had this this little uh, like bio thing for a while. It says definitely a thought the happiest out there. I love to tee hee hee fat yet flexible. (laughs) And I'm thinking maybe I need to like, I don't know, change it. It's been a minute. Does it feel like you? It does feel like me, but I'm like, so then it's perfect. (sighs) Okay. Here's the thing. You don't want someone to come across your profile and even doubt, cannot handle all of this. You want someone to be confident in this. You need to let them know what's up right away. I'm a big believer of that. You don't want someone to come through with their weak energy and inability to handle all of this. They need to know from the jump what this is. That's my opinion. I think you're right. But also I'm like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. If Can I ask you, what, what? would you say that you're actively looking for a relationship? Mm, I think so. Okay. And when you say actively, does that mean that you're on the apps? Is that what you mean by that? I guess I'm not. I have been, like, rather busy lately mm-hmm. that I'm like, if I were to start dating someone right now, I don't have the bandwidth to like get to know somebody mm-hmm. and like which is an important thing getting to know somebody yeah. so maybe the universe is just telling you like this this is not happening right now because you yourself this is not right for you right now maybe yeah okay so i ask people uh to give me advice and i don't have too much advice from people but this nice person said Hey, Nicole, I've been married for 23 years, so I've never used a dating app. I do think you might be missing out on some real gems about your two interaction without asking to meet up rule. How about saying something like, I like to get to know people in person, so these dumb apps, do you fancy meeting up with someone or meeting up to see if we like each other's pheromones and they run away? It wasn't meant to be. Even the date is terrible. At least you have something to talk about on your podcast. People who are a bit shy at first, but in real life would light up uh, around your personality. It might take longer. It might take a while longer to pluck up the courage to ask you on a date. Huh, maybe that is what a is thing. What is this two interaction rule you have? So I do not let people go back and forth for more than like two or three interactions because I'm like, well, if you're never going to ask me out, then what are we doing? I don't want to I don't want to pen pal. I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to get to know you via words and text because you might be very witty texting or whatever and then mm-hmm. like dull in life or vice versa. Mhm. That's interesting. I have to say that I have met up with people after messaging them for like a month or more. Um, A month? Yes. Yes, because like travel schedules didn't line up or whatever. But I will say, I'm going to just say two words to introduce you to why people might be cautious. Serial killers. I feel like people 
are scared to meet up in person because people are crazy. Nicole, people are crazy. And maybe they're trying to gauge if people are going to be serial killers or not, which I I think is a little fair. I guess. I guess I'm just like, guys, I'm like a round face idiot. Like, I'm not a killer. I don't have the mental capacity That's to murder. That's what a murder. killer would say, though. That's what a killer would say. A killer would say exactly what you just said. <laughs> So I guess so. I just like I feel like I look too adorable to worry someone about murder. Also, I'm fat. Like, I, there's no way I'm chasing you anywhere. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> I encourage you to look up pictures of serial killers. A lot of them are really cute. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess that what that Ted Bundy man. People were like, there oh. you go. But he what to me. He's not that cute. But if he was like, come look in my car, I'd probably be like, oh, OK. Because yeah, I- <laughs> there you go. So I just say give people some grace because, again, serial killers okay well like how do you i do you hit on people i mean is again if it's too personal feel free to not answer no 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 no, no. i so i only downloaded dating apps after i came out so i came out at the tender sweet in little age of 30 as bisexual (laughs) and that's when i downloaded dating apps and it was my first time messaging girls Mm -hmm. and it was a struggle for me because straight up i was like i've never done this i'm pretty sure the first girl i messaged i called her sis and i was like no bet bet (laughs) Um, but I, yeah, I, um, I'm not a fan of the game, to Mm -hmm. be honest, the whole, like, I'm gonna drop a pickup line and like show you I have game. No, I'm just really about being honest. So I like my pickup line is usually like, hi. And like, if I was to message you, I'd say, hi, Nicole, how are you? How was your day? And I would start a conversation. And that's kind of my thing. And I'm also not about the game of after I go on a date with someone, I don't feel the need to be like, now I need to front and make them seem like I'm busy for two weeks. Mm. No, if I had a good time, I will tell you straight up. I had a really great time and I'd love to see you again. See you again. Like, I don't have the capacity for the game. Yeah, I, and it's funny as a woman you saying that because I've had men on the podcast who are just like, you gotta get a man to chase. I love the chase. You gotta make me want it. And I'm like, I don't need to make you anything. You need to figure out that complex on your own. That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem, to be honest. Oh, that's so... Okay, so coming out at 30, Mm -hmm. so was it something... I mean, I don't want to be like, is it something you always knew in your heart? Or did you wake up one day and you're like, I like women too? Um, But like, yeah, 30 is like... I feel like a lot of... Late in life, I feel like a lot of television presents late in life. It's not even late. It's like midlife mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, my like mm-hmm. girls. Where it's like, mm-hmm. mm, I feel like I, I mean, I'm a try. I don't give a shit. Like, I find mm-hmm. everyone attractive. And I think everyone is pretty to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have a binary keep me from true love mm-hmm. or companionship. But like, I've been like that since like my early twenties and maybe in mm-hmm. high school, I was like, mm, look at that. Them titties. Um, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> did it, was it like a movie? Was it one day you woke up and you're like, yum. Or was it like, you felt like that your whole life. And then you were like, I'm going to act on this. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, I feel like after I came out, there were some relatives I had that were like, yeah, no crap. And I was like, really? Because it was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to me because I think growing up in Toronto, you know, I didn't know a single queer person in mm-hmm. high school. I didn't. There was no queer people. So I think I always knew in me that like, oh, I, I, I really do get close with girls like I do with guys. But I never understood it beyond that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I only ever had dated guys. And then in university, again, I was introduced to the first queer person I'd ever met. And I was so unlike this person because... 
I growing up it was always like either you're super straight or super gay. I never had met someone that mm-hmm. was in the middle, and I never was introduced to the idea of people being on a spectrum until I moved to LA. So when I moved to LA and I met just a whole new range of people in this new ideology, that's when I start to really think like, oh, maybe this is my truth. So it really was like in my late late 20s, me saying to myself and figuring out, I think you are bi. Because prior to that, it was like, no, but I don't, I don't think guys are gross. Like all my lesbian friends and like my straight friends, like it was just so opposite ends of the spectrum. I couldn't find my place. So I actually did come out to myself 30 days before my 30th birthday. Oh, that's for the first I mean, time to myself. That's like a movie. Yeah, like a movie, legit. I almost kind of wish I had the the really rigid clarity from a young age because that would have like eliminated a lot of me always trying to piece together things that I just couldn't put my finger on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think sexuality is such an interesting thing because. We have so many names and terms for it. And then you have like the don't say gay bill in Florida, which is so weird to me. Oh my God. Because I'm like, so we need to get it together, Florida. Like, seriously, get it together. Florida, fuck. I was once, the last time I was in Florida, I watched a man drive on the divider and I was like, there's nowhere in Florida you need to get that fast for you to not be on the street. People, Florida is just, it's it's a a different fucking world. We -hmm. we just need them to leave. Uh, But it's just so interesting. (laughs) interesting to me that it's like they don't want kids to be exposed to like homosexuality queerness or whatever but it's like disney movies are all about like a gal getting kissed by a dude and mm-hmm. it's like you push heterosexuality on children 100 percent. that's why birth. anyone that has an issue being like i'm just gonna i'm gonna say this how it needs to be said anybody who says oh but kids are too young to learn about this stuff you are homophobic yes. and that is just really what it is stop trying to mask your homophobia as my kids are too young because your kid watches Disney. Your kid watches hetero, heterosexual stuff all the time. So get together. And also, how fragile is your straightness? (laughs) Like, how fragile are you straight people where you have to introduce a don't say... Like, if you think hearing the word gay is going to make people gay, you are fragile. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's like, what if you see your queer teacher out at a supermarket and you say hi and they're with their partner... Mm-hmm. And the, does the teacher have to, I mean, I guess you're not in school, but like if you get questioned, do you have to be like, that's my friend. Yeah, we share a room, but that's my friend and my roommate. Like, yeah, I'm just so, just so confused. As to, I like, I went to my fourth grade teacher's wedding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she had the class there. So it's like, I saw a man and a woman kiss and in fourth grade and I'm fine. It's it's so nuts it's, to they, me. And another thing to think about for parents, and I, and I have to say this with a grain of salt, I don't have kids. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to have kids. Let me first say this. But I do know one thing is that if you try to introduce your kids to the concept of accepting people at a later age, how is that in any wor- world beneficial? How? Yeah. Why would you want to wait to teach your kid to be accepting? Like, oh, now that you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. now I can let you learn that you should accept other people. Like, that's 18 years that you've damaged them already. <laughs> so, so why not just from a young age teach kids to accept and love people? Maybe they're just like, I don't want to. Un- I don't want school to undo the hatred I'm instilling in exactly. my child's that's, heart. That's exactly. But it's like Fragile. they're with you enough. So like, if you're a hateful person, like I don't think anything at school is gonna. Do deter them from mm-hmm. being hateful. Exactly. Because people are this like, is- this next generation, there's going to be no, like, staunch Republicans or whatever. And I'm like, well, how do you think they're made? It's perpetuated by mm-hmm. families and parents mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, environments that they're put in and all-white country clubs and, you know, shit being said behind those doors or whatever. Yeah. So I just get so confused about, like, 
what the fuck we're doing? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's so fragile. I can't even, like, I can't even... I can't even take it seriously. It's so <laughs> fragile. <laughs> like, the straight pride parade that they tried to do. I'm like, you are fragile. Wait, oh, my I don't goodness. think I knew about a straight pride parade. Isn't that just life? That exact two years ago, in response to, like, gay pride parade, a bunch of straight people were like, we're going to have a straight pride parade. I'm like, isn't that Tuesday? Yeah, isn't that's that like... Uh... any day? That's like, um, whatchamajiggy, uh, fucking St. Patrick's Day is like a straight pride parade. Privilege is a real thing, y'all. You need to get get it together. It is interesting that people don't understand privilege. I saw on, like, Instagram, it was just like, hey, cis people, cis hetero, or, yeah, I think it was cis heterosexual people, uh, describe your gender without using masculine, feminine, or describing your genitals. It's hard. And I was like, huh. What mm-hmm. is what is gender? What is I was like a construct. Yeah, I was like why don't we all wear dresses and heels and makeup if we want to or pants mm-hmm. and button downs and cut all our hair. I'm like why don't we all just do whatever we want? Wow. And as we should. Yeah. Wouldn't things be so much easier? I think so. I think so too. I just Okay, Lily. <laughs> I need advice. How okay. should I go out into the world? I should be Direct with people I want to date. I, I pivoted back to dating. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to be direct. Should I, should I be sending the first message? Should I be waiting Why for not? the... Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Why okay. not? Okay. All right. You, I feel like you will have no regrets if you are honest about who you are and what you want. Okay. I have never regretted a moment where I was my true self and expressed what I really wanted. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I've only regretted the times I didn't do that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of times I've regretted things in my life. I have ADHD, so very often I'm just like, huh, that didn't, what? I don't know. I don't remember. I uh, think I was mad, but uh, who fucking knows? <laughs> hey, that's, there's a beautiful silver lining in there somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, so Lily, we have come to the end. <laughs> um, your book is out. When? Yes, my book comes out April 5th. You can pre-order it for the next four days or on April 5th. You can get it anywhere. You can go to lilysingbook.com to get it. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Um, I just want to promote you and how <gasps> awesome you are. I would like to promote Nicole. She's great. She's on Tinder, Humble, uh, Humble, um, Bumble, Hinge, and all the things. I would like to promote her. If you are looking for a woman who can hold her own, baby, you need to hit on my girl Nicole, okay? Oh, That's what's Lily, up. Lily, thank you so much. So my book and Nicole are my two promo items. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm a promo and Be a Triangle is another promo. Okay. <laughs> So thank you, Lily, so much for being here. Thank um, you. If you like this episode of Oh, Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, you can give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And then if you write me a dirty message um, and you write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. So, okay, this person said, you, me, and five of my closest little kittens. Oh, I take two frozen go-gurts and put one in your butt and then one in your puss-puss until they're all ru- warmed up. And I'd ring a little, a little dinner bell and say, dinner, my kitties. I'd have you squeeze that yummy hot go-gurt out from my hungry little litter. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, boy, that makes me upset because I don't think cats want that. I don't. Why did we have to involve the cats? I don't know. What did the cats do? I guess they were misbehaving. Peter's going to be pissed about this. Let me just tell you. Okay. Oh, I don't need Peter coming after me. Yes, exactly. Keep the cats out of it. Okay. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.